Hey everyone, welcome to episode 127 of the Unfocus podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. With me, as always, is Andrew Brown. Hello! And Tori Wassana. Hello! Uh, and this week we're going to talk about Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the follow-up to Ori and the Blind Forest, Kirby Fighters 2, and we're going to give some updates on our progress in uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. So let's just uh, jump right into it. <laughs> Okay, so no uh, updates really, or notable news this week, so we're just going to jump into the, the things we've been playing. Uh, let's kick things off with uh, up- updates on uh, Mario 3D All-Stars progress. Uh, so for me, I've finished Mario 64. I didn't bother 100%ing it. A um, couple of reasons, I just generally don't do that unless the game really grabs me. Uh, I did complain about the the camera last week, uh, so I said last week it wasn't causing me many problems. I just wanted to acknowledge that I thought it was a bad camera, you know, era specific issues. Uh, uh, the more I played, the more I realised it was it, the problems I had with it seemed to be very level specific, um, and that sort of came to a head in TikTok Clock, uh, where it has a mission called Stomp the Thwomp, uh, and. It was one of those where uh, I could not manipulate the camera into helpful positions for some of the moving and spinning platforms higher up for that mission. Uh, it led to me getting flung off or dropped beyond my control. Uh, I mean, I've, I've already said I wasn't going for 100%, but uh, I wanted all the six base stars from each level, but it was at this point where I just said, screw it, I'm going for Bowser. And then I finished it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a great game. With a crap camera. Uh, has everyone else beaten this one? No. <laughs> I'm leaving this one for last, actually. Uh, I think that's a mistake. I think you should play through in order. I've already played and finished Mario 64 before. Mm-hmm. Um, several times. Uh, and I just don't have it in me to go through all of the sort of <laughs> tedious platforming moments all over again. Especially TikTok lock and... Uh, What's the... Is it Rainbow Ride or... Rainbow Ride, yeah. Yeah, no. I only did a couple of stars on that one, man. <laughs> it, it's firmly in memory. I, I've played it enough to know that I don't want to play it again. Yet I will, eventually. <laughs> I finished it 100%. Get good, noobs. <laughs> it's The camera definitely had a lot more problems than I remember it having. Um, mm-hmm. I was being kind of a jerk in the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bit I was playing up. I'm sorry if it came off. Um, Not very respectful, but (laughs) I was... I felt bad for you because you you kept posting videos and every reply was like, oh yeah, I love this, but the camera's bad. And you were like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But not nearly as miserable a time as I'm having with Mario Sunshine today. My goodness. Which is funny, because I'm having completely the opposite situation. The movement Uh, is so weird. Mario has no weight. He's... mm. It doesn't feel right. I'm finding him easier to control than I did in Mario 64. I found in uh, Mario 64 I did a lot of, like, panicky jumps where I was trying to correct something I didn't need to correct. Um, And I'm just not getting that at all. In sunshine, um, I don't know why it just feels more natural to me. Atari, you said you were going to play some of this before we recorded, did you? Yeah, I did. 
um, so so this, this is one of those situations where me and Andrew are either side of a room and we're gesturing for you to come to the one you love the most I'm going to share my story of what just happened maybe half an hour ago <laughs> and you can draw your own conclusions um, I'm only about five shines in I'm not very far because I just remember getting stuck on a very particular level and mm-hmm. uh, I managed to clear it this time but before I get too ahead of myself, I was in the um, Delfino Plaza. There's a pianta at the back who wants three pineapples and her basket's like up in the air. So it's basically basketball. Yeah, I, I know what you're going for and I'm just not engaging with this at all. Um, I, I had a lot of trouble with it. And then the, the pineapple that I was struggling with just despawned and I couldn't be bothered. So I went. And I, I did the level in um, on the beach, the sandcastle, mm-hmm. which is actually the level where I bounced off it last time when I played it on GameCube. Uh, I beat it, and I felt good. Oh, nice. And I got, well, now I'll try and do the pineapple thing. <laughs> and I did it. I got all three in, and I went, okay, I'll talk to the pianta now. Hey, would you like to help me get three pineapples? Oh, no. You had to trigger the mission again. Before you, yeah. I didn't. It didn't even occur to me that I would have to. I, <laughs> I just, I switched it off at that point. That's a user experience issue, though. Yeah, that that's definitely a, a, an interface problem. Uh, so for me, I'm at the halfway point. Uh, probably just over. Actually, I think I need like 15 more uh, sprites, no, or shines, or whatever they're called. I thought it was 50 that you. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you the dark secret about Mario Sunshine? Go on, then. The, mem- the number of shines you have is completely meaningless. Hmm. To get to the ending, you have to beat the Shadow Mario episodes in each level. So you just have to beat the basic shines and everything. Like, the shines you mm-hmm. get from blue, from gathering blue coins, the shines that are hidden in Delfino Plaza, completely meaningless. Ah, because, uh, yeah, I googled and said, how many shines do I need to beat it? And, some, and it said 50. So that's what I've been aiming for. So That's, that's the number you'll be at if you do the minimum amount of work. Ah, but okay. But if it's that's not fine. an episode in a level, unless you're going for 100%, save your frustration, because it means nothing. But, well, that, that's good to know, because, um, yeah, I was aiming for that, and I was worried that when I got to, if I got to 50 ahead of the point of you know being in all the levels then i'd just lose interest and go for the ending so i'm, I'm kind of glad that it, they're going to force me into each level the this was one i also we talked about the camera last last week because it has a lack of inversion for looking so i hmm. in all my games i invert up and down because that's just how i'm i'm wired uh, and he wasn't really giving me much problems broadly you know like very minimal like you know trying to move the camera in or out and you know little momentary bits of uh, jarring on my part but uh it the only time it has been a real problem has been the mecha bowser fight because you have to shoot rockets at him uh so that that was a struggle um and there was a level or a mission in the same level uh, where you have to ride the roller coaster and destroy balloons i just outright can't do that so <laughs> uh, i'm gonna have to bypass that one uh, luckily, I've already done the Shadow Mario part in that now, so <laughs> that's something I can ignore. 
Um, I've noticed that the camera doesn't really lock into positions as much as it did in 64. Mm-hmm. 64 definitely had like ceiling mounted camera rooms. Yeah. And it's got, um, for like in the free areas, it's got like five, you know, steps of camera swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this has a, a, a full 360. That has also caused issues where it's got stuck behind scenery. So a different kind of camera problem for well, me. That was what I was going to mention is that it's more of a stubborn camera yeah. thing where if you try to rotate it and there's a wall next to it, it mm-hmm. won't kind of like. It won't go through the wall. It'll just stay where it is. Yeah. Uh, and I had an issue where it got stuck on a wall while I was running off into the distance. That was fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, on on that camera difference, uh, the original one had inversion. I haven't played much of it, so I can't remember. Um, I know a lot of people are complaining about it because they're used to playing it that way. Uh, Nintendo Life had a, a video about the changes across all three games, uh, and they mentioned specifically for Mario 64 is that you know there's across all the regions there's tons of different versions of Mario 64 and the one on the collection is based on a Japanese version that has some subtle improvements uh, and some differences like Mario's voice is slightly higher pitched in, in this version they've used than in like the western originals I'm wondering if this versioning thing might explain the lack of inverted camera in Mario Sunshine Possibly, or whether that's actually a thing they've just gone in to fix. Uh, like, I know this game got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of derision over the years. Like, was was the original being inverted a cause of annoyance for a lot of people? Because I, I never quite got why people never liked it. I couldn't wrap my head around it when I played on the GameCube. And um, for some reason, now that I'm playing it on the Switch... I'm expecting that weird inversion mm-hmm. from the GameCube. So it's like I have to do like a double adjustment. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know if it's better that they fixed it or not. Maybe for like the newcomer. Yeah, and I, I noticed like obviously because he's got the uh, the flood, uh, Mario loses a bunch of abilities that he had from 64, such as the <sighs> long jump. I really miss the long jump. The long jump was cool. Um, but, you know, I'll never tire of the backflip to reach higher ledges. I, d- I don't know why, I just love that. <laughs> I guess you can do the, the side um, cartwheel jump. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah, the that's... next best thing, but that's hard to set up in some... Because you have to be moving to do that. Mm-hmm. I use the first person, well, the equivalent of first person in Mario Sunshine so infrequently, I've already forgotten that this was an issue. So, uh, and I'm almost done. I'm on like the last handful of shines I need to get to get to the last level, and I barely need to comment on this. <laughs> it, it's I definitely experienced it the first night when I was doing the PD Piranha fight. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed it then, but I just haven't felt it since, and uh, I don't know what accounts for that. I have. I am having it in uh, like general movement, where I naturally got to move the stick one way, and it has the opposite result that my brain expects. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's a thing. But it hasn't really hampered my enjoyment. I think if I could swap it around, it would just in- increase my enjoyment like ten percent. I just want to also highlight a couple of things I really love about this game. Um, Mario sixty four had elements of it, but uh, Sunshine's levels really give you a sense of meaningful progression. 
and in player impact on the stages with each sprite mission. Um, so uh, the the theme park world, uh, just as an example, you go in Mecha Bowser, you have to do the whole fight on the the roller coaster. The next level, the park's closed because they're recovering from all the you know the ruckus. And then in the third one, it's it's not fully operational yet. They're just doing test runs on it. There's there's, there's a real sense of Mario's impact in the world and that which I, I don't always feel in a lot of Mario games um, and then the other thing that I love is that uh, where whichever level you're in you can you can always see the other stages somewhere in the distance around you and so that really makes uh, Sunshine's world feel really connected even though it's it's not you know it's you go through a door it loads the level but it, it just gives you that that impression that you're you're part you're on something larger than it actually is uh, that I really like uh, the first time I noticed I was in uh, when I was in Bianco Hills and I was scaling a wall to try and go get a red coin and uh, I just noticed the the next level down below to the right, uh, the Rico Harbor, um, to the point where I actually wondered if it was like a you know a developer's hide stages uh, off to the side for cutscenes or whatever. I almost thought it was one of those, but uh, yeah, as I got further through the game, I realized you know that they're they're really making a point of making that stuff visible. Um, they did that in um, Mario Kart Double Dash as well. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool way of kind of um, connecting the game to each other. I guess yeah. the game world. Uh, so yeah, so that's that. I've I've not played much of Galaxy yet. I reckon I'll have this done, uh, Sunshine done in the next two days. So hopefully I can knock out Galaxy during the week as well. So yeah. Yeah, Galaxy's the one that I've been playing the most. Mm-hmm. Just um, Galaxy is one of the Mario games that I have fully completed as well. I never got 120 stars in it. I think it's 121 actually in this. Mm-hmm. But um, seeing it all in HD, 60 frames per, per second, the art direction holds up. It, it, they could release it today, I reckon. Like it. How do you say it? Like it, it would hold up today. It does hold mm-hmm. up today. Um, yeah, I, I was just having that um, thing with Sunshine. I don't know if it's just because it's so derided and people have put it down so much over the years that I've just come in with you know at lower expectations than I usually would. But um, I'm playing this and I'm thinking I'd have been happy to play this if it was a you know 2020 release or a 2019 release. But uh, yeah, little yeah. things like that, uh, the pineapple basket thing that you just mentioned. Uh, yeah, little uh, user experience issues that you know. I guess they're the things that are, that are holding it back. Yeah, and Galaxy does have its share of them as as well. Um, not that I can think of any off the top of my head, but I have had moments where I just go, ugh. Um, maybe like the fact that every time that you quit and leave and you come back, it resets your lives down to four, mm-hmm. uh, and that's an intended design choice. That's not a bug. Uh, that happens in Mario 64 as well, which was annoying because I spent a night farming lives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. Tip for anybody, if, if you're farming lives, make sure that you either suspend the game when you're done or mm-hmm. only do it if you're intending to play for a while. <laughs> but um, Galaxy, the level design actually feels much more on the line of 3D World than it does of the other 3D sandbox Mario games. Mm-hmm simply because the, the levels kind of rearrange themselves depending on which star you, you kind of go into. 
So yeah, even it's like, though it's, it's like a cross between the the ethos, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it's not like Mario sixty four where you can go in and pick a star and accidentally get a different star. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there are exceptions to that in sixty four, but in Galaxy it's pretty much just you're going in and you're playing a very linear level. Uh, and some elements might overlap, but for the most part, it's. And there was a sense of progression in the um, the, I think it's the Honey Hive Galaxy. Um, because the bigger, the larger galaxies only have three main stars, each. Mm-hmm. So the first star you're just you know cleaning up after. Um, like you're getting bits out of the giant honeybee queen. And then the next one, there are these enemies that they, they look like, like those game show buzzers, but like they have beetle claws and stuff on them. I can't remember what they're called. Mandibuzz or something. No, that's a Pokemon. Um, and then the third one, you're kind of defeating the boss of them. So not quite the same as what you were describing with Sunshine, but it's still there. Uh, just a side note, while I was looking up the name for Bianco Hills, uh, I noticed that the final stage is called Corona Mountain. That's that's topical in twenty twenty. Well, corona just means crown, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> crown virus. Crown yeah. virus. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Gal- Galaxy feels the most polished, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's to be expected as well, just given the the lineage through the consoles. So. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to something else. We'll catch up about uh, Galaxy next week, I'm sure. Uh, Andrew, you've been playing uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, the sequel to one of my all-timers. I haven't beat the sequel yet because of the the problems I talked about last week uh, with technical issues on launch. I need to go back to it. Uh, You were lukewarm on the original. How are you finding this one? I enjoyed Will of the Wisps much better than the original, and... uh... I'll get into why I think that was in a little bit, uh, but the sequel picks up directly after Blind Forest uh, from the the results of that game's plot, and I don't want to give it away because I, I do think that that plot was one of the stronger points of Blind Forest, so I don't want to just reveal that, but, you know, the box art, or the... the, the cover image for this game already kind of gives it away so it's kind of <laughs> hard but uh basically ori who is this sprite creature some somewhere between a monkey and a ferret uh <laughs> who has light powers because it represents like this the spirit of the forest uh travels with this new friend that they've made since the ending of Blind Forest uh, <laughs> to, to love, a new I land. I love the tap dancing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they arrive in a new land, and uh, that, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and the special thing about this new land is it's a result of what could have happened in Blind Forest with all of the the light being drained away and stolen Uh that has actually happened in this new world, and it's caused this thing called the decay to happen. 
and it's up to Ori now to travel around in this new land and put a stop to the decay, uh, which leads into the title of the game, which is The Will of the Wisps. He's, he's there uh, trying to gather up all these wisps so they can solve this problem and also solve the other problem going on with their friend. Boy, uh, <laughs> I, I'm being so esoteric as to make it not sound interesting at all, but <laughs> I got to do this so as not to spoil the blind forest. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a basic action-adventure platformer uh, in the style of, of Metroid or Castlevania. Uh, there are a number of changes from the original, though, and these are where I, I think is the reason that I enjoyed the game more than Blind Forest, because the original game, I didn't think much of the weapon that was available to Ori in that game. He has a, a thing called the Spirit Flame, which is where you, you literally you stand near an enemy and you press the attack button and it happens automatically. You don't have to aim it. You don't have to time it. You just stand near an enemy and spam the Y button. I thought it was really boring. <laughs> um, as a result of that, the game Blind Forest also didn't have traditional boss fights. It had chase sequences, which actually I, I did think were the best thing in the game. Where instead of fighting a boss, uh, you would get to the end of an area and you would have to run away from either a big monster trying to kill you or like a flood or something like that. I, I thought those were the best part of the game, so I did appreciate that part of that rather limited weapon system they had come up with. Uh, Will of the Wisps has several more of these chase sequences, but it also introduces proper weapons. Like right away at the start, Ori gets kind of this sword-type weapon. All of Ori's weapons are actually a result of Ori's spirit power, so they're not really weapons. They're just using that spirit power in a more interesting way than the boring old spirit flame from the first game. Uh, there's that basic sword, which I used very briefly, uh, but almost right away after that I unlocked a really big weapon called like the spirit smash or something like that which caused ori to uh manifest a knob kiri which is a a big old stick with a knob on the end of it um if you've seen uh black panther umbaku uses that weapon that's the kind of thing i'm talking about and another thing i didn't really like in blind forest was the checkpointing system where like i, I may not even be remembering this fully correctly uh, because this checkpointing system, in addition to existing, was also made almost completely irrelevant after a while, once or you got enough power. But, like, you had to give up some of your energy to make a checkpoint, and you had to do all these checkpoints manually, and at the start of the game, it was annoying because you had to go out and make sure you had enough of this power to make checkpoints, but by the end of the game, you had so much power that you were never not short of this power to make checkpoints. I... <laughs> I thought so little of this system that I, I'm probably not even remembering it correctly, but uh, Will of the Wisps just has a proper save point system, a proper checkpointing system. There's checkpoints pretty much at the end of every hallway, and then there's uh, a hard save system like in any other Castlevania or Metroid-style game, and you can warp between these. Like, uh, Really, all Will of the Wisps has done is taken away these attempts to do something new that 
Blind Forest tried to do, like with the checkpointing system and with the spirit flame, and just just replaced them with things that were in any other type of game of this you've played, like Metroid, Castlevania, Hollow Knight. It's really stepped back uh, from trying something new, and I, I did not appreciate those new things in Blind Forest, but it's gone back to the basics, and it's really nailed those basics. I enjoyed this game so much more than the first game for just trying to live up to the spirit of the games that it's emulating um, versus changing things just to change them. So, Yeah, I rather like the checkpointing system from the first one, um, mainly just because it controlled where I had my safety net. I didn't really even see that it made any difference. I mean, here I have a checkpoint at the end of every hallway. In Blind Forest, mm-hmm. I have a checkpoint at the end of every hallway. The only difference is in Blind Forest, I have to remember to make it myself. In this one, it's just there, and I don't have to. De- I don't have to deal with this superfluous energy system. Uh, I guess I could. My my thing is I could set it like after a particular hazard that was giving me hassle, or uh, you know that that's where I I I, I rather liked it. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's fine. I'm I'm happy with uh, standard checkpointing too. Yeah. The, the the only problem, and this is another place where that checkpoint at the end of every hallway is a really good thing. There's something wrong with this game on Switch. Uh, I I don't know much about this the technical side of things about how games works, but I think it's like a memory leak error or something like that. I've, I've read about this before. Something about a memory leak or like an overload. Basically, the longer you play this game, the more likely it is to just crash. But mm-hmm. you just boot the game back up, and there's rather long front load, which is unfortunate. But then you get right back to the game. You've lost at most a few minutes of progress, and you just do it over again. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. I had to deal with that like six or seven times over the course of my playthrough i took me about 10 to 15 hours i I didn't really keep track um but it didn't bother me any uh and like some people may not even run into that if they're not like me where they don't marathon games (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah if if you're playing this game for two plus hours it's gonna crash on you it's gonna happen and that, that was my main complaint with it which again I barely cared. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, periodic crashing sounds like a big improvement from how it launched. <laughs> yeah, Xbox. I was going to say. I, I did not experience that. So. <laughs> yeah, like I've I've never been disappointed at um, you know glitching my way past a boss before until this one. <laughs> so yeah, I should give it a look. Um, we did get news that as well as the collector's edition, they're going to release uh, standard edition physical releases yeah. uh, for my IM8 bit, so that's something to look out for. Um, I definitely want to own these physically, and like it, it's kind of baffling to me that you can't do that on you know, the the home of the, the developer, which is Xbox. You can't buy them physically anywhere. Yeah. Xbox wants you to have Game Pass now. That's what Xbox cares mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was also why I wasn't so mad that it launched so broken because you know I was paying for Game Pass so I could just go play something else it's not a big deal uh, yeah so that's uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps uh, Tori you've been playing Kirby Fighters 2 yes um, there's not a whole lot to talk about this one it's not a huge uh, I should clarify that 2 is a sequel not 2 as well as one of us because I've definitely not played it <laughs> <laughs> good point number 2 big 2 
yeah, it's it's not a huge departure from the first one. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's basically taking all of the abilities from a typical Kirby platforming game, uh, turning that combat into a competitive... I'm going to compare it to Smash, but I'm going to elaborate on how it's different. But that's the best comparison because it is a platform fighter. Is it by Hell Laboratory? I believe so. So I guess it kind of is spiritually connected to Smash. Yeah. There's a lot of history there, actually. Um, Kirby being Sakurai's baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So it really is just a fighter where each of the different characters is a different ability of Kirby. Um, But they've also added in some other characters like uh, Bandana Waddle D because he's never getting into Smash despite what people want <laughs> uh, Gooey uh, is it Magalore or Majalore or something like that but also Meta Knight and uh, DDD are all playable characters in this as well as a whole bunch I think it's 19 total different Kirby abilities like your sword, bomb, yo-yo they added in wrestling I think they, they touted that as the new one they all have different movesets. Um, and if you've played a Kirby game before and you're familiar with any of the copy abilities, you're, you're pretty much set for this. It's pretty much just turning that into uh, a fighting game. With um, Yeah, it's really hard to make uh, <laughs> anything bigger than what, what it really is. Uh, this time around, though, they have added a story mode, which really is less of a narrative story. I mean... Kirby games are never really known for their um, story or strong narrative. It's there, but it's not why you play them, I suppose. Um, This story mode is basically DDD and Meta Knight are tired of Kirby always beating them in the battle whenever they fight, and so they climb a tower and challenge Kirby to meet them at the top. That's it. Uh, I hope you weren't expecting anything more there might be some twists i'm only early on but it's nothing like the world is at stake sort of a, a story yeah it's four player you can all play on the same system uh there's also an online mode and a local play mode so you can play on different systems and i think the biggest issue that i'm having with it so far is just how little is unlocked at the start both characters and stages. Um, there's a level, like a fighter's rank system, and that's how you unlock new characters and stages. And it's just a bit slow. Um, so it's like grinding XP. Yeah, but you're grinding XP to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I've got it open, and I can tell you how many characters I have unlocked. I'm level 9, and I've unlocked 3 characters. Oof. And I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eighteen. It has like twenty-four characters. Ouch. Yeah, it's it's a <laughs> most of the game is not accessible to you at um, at the initial stage. Uh, that's like free to play sort of speed. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing, really. Like I get why they do it. It's just. 
you really want more of the game accessible at the start and then have a whole bunch of unlockables rather than making it the majority unlockable. And I'm looking at the stages I've got one, two, three, four, five, six stages unlocked and there's that's not even like a third of them, I think. <laughs> I will say though that the stage variety, they've taken stages from different Kirby games and they've taken gimmicks from the original games as well. Sometimes they've spruced up the uh, graphics, but sometimes they're relying on the old 8 and 16-bit era um, sprites. It, The whole thing seems really thrown together, it, and that's not the worst thing in the world because it does play well. Um, there are boss battles in the story mode. There's decent AI, actually, and there's decent strategy involved in the fighting. I thought it would be much more shallow. I didn't play too much of the first one. But um, there, there's a different moveset for each copy ability, and I'm finding that I've been playing Bandana Waddle Dee, who plays with a spear, and you do kind of make it's not like a true combo where you're like you're putting in button inputs to do a specific move. It's more just doing the right move at the right moment and kind of utilizing knockback and then the like to try and set up multiple consecutive hits. So. That's about the depth of the actual gameplay. Hmm. Um, for 30 bucks, though, I'd say wait for it to go on sale if you were on the fence about it. That sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you like Kirby as a platforming game and a combat game, you will like it, but there's nothing exciting about it. It's just taking one aspect of the game and fleshing it out. So... Hard to recommend if you're not absolutely like a hardcore Kirby fan. Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, otherwise, uh, I'll give a quick update on my Animal Crossing thing. Uh, probably like three or four episodes back, I mentioned how I got rid of all my flowers because they were causing my island to chug, and it dropped me down from a five-star island to a two-star island <laughs> in the course of like an hour. That, that was pretty disappointing. Um, I finally got things back up to five star i've slowly been chipping away at getting a layout that i want um and uh yeah so my plan is uh gonna finish the last couple of areas i want to work on and you know create with uh fill in all the gaps with with flowers to make sure i'm up uh, you know i maintain that five star rating uh and then once we're past this halloween event that's upcoming i guess that was news we didn't talk about um then I'm going to stop playing it for a bit. I kind of think I'm ready to stop. But they're adding pumpkins. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see through some of the pumpkins. <laughs> I think that's the point where I'm jumping back in. Yeah, it'll be... Uh, yeah, once I've done this, uh, f finished out the layout, I'm going to upload my island to the dream world, and then I'm just going to be coming back for special events. Yeah, well, um, there's the Halloween one, and then I think they said an another one at the end of November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll be a Christmas one coming up as well. That should be good. Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that'll be it. If you've got any turkey villagers on your island, be worried around Thanksgiving. <laughs> they'll, all, they'll all move out. Yeah. Like the week before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you still playing it, Andrew? I haven't heard you talk about it for a while. I'm still playing it daily. I just... I'm not doing anything with it worth mentioning <laughs> mm -hmm. like uh my main goal right now is, is 
finishing all the the bugs and the fish, which I'm really close on. I only have three or four more of each to get, and then I've caught them all and had oh, them all nice. donated to the museum. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of just waiting for the next month to get here so I can catch whatever I haven't <laughs> caught yet that come out in those months. But I, that's kind of where, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been really lapsed on the, you know, the Critopedia stuff. I just haven't had the energy. I had to go, go, go in and do my minimal chores and then <laughs> that's it. But I, this last week I have been hitting the, the town layout pretty hard. So Yeah. Like, uh, I still have more things to do with my town layout and I just kind of burned out on, on moving things around. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to follow my plan and turn the center of my island, like right where the dock is, where you first enter, is supposed to be a bamboo garden. And mm-hmm. I, I've kind of been there for months now and just, just haven't started on doing it because I, I have to move all my bamboo trees around. I've got a lot of bamboo decorations I have to make and put out, and then I have to terraform that part of the island to match what's in my head and then what's in my head is probably not going to work so i'm gonna to have to compromise on that vision <laughs> and i uh, i just haven't found the, the will to do it yet so i am still playing it every day and i'm still staying on top of stuff but nothing new to report <laughs> I, I i figure like you know i've played this game every day since it launched without fail like i've never done that with any game so even if I drop out at some point soon, you know that that's that's been something incredible. Yeah, Just keep keep me going that long. I think um, once the holidays start repeating, that might be where I I bail. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't see myself stopping until at least we get to the one year anniversary. That might be where I finally go. That's enough of <laughs> committing a half an hour of my day every day to playing Animal Crossing. I did finish the turnips. I just remembered that. I did that in this past week. Uh, oh, no. There's a goal to make 10 million bells from selling turnips. I finally did do that. I never have to buy turnips again, and I'm really happy about that. Because <laughs> turnips were freaking uh, that, annoying. That, that's the thing that's getting me through the week at the moment, just checking my turnip prices twice a day. And then uh, between me and my wife traveling to whoever's island has the best prices... Um, yeah, I'm up to. I think I've got nearly four million in the bank. I've got well over a hundred thousand miles. <laughs> they just keep getting. Um, so yeah, that's about it. I did try uh, Darkest Dungeon, and uh, I like what I played, but I just wasn't feeling it at the time. And then I've gone back to Into the Breach, which I love and adore. Okay, folks, what are we playing in the coming week? Andrew, we'll start with you. There's what's described as a tactical RPG, uh, but looking at the combat systems in it, it looks an awful lot like Darkest Dungeon to me. Um, I've seen this and I thought that. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but it's a game called Warsaw, and it's about the resistance against the Nazi invasion of Poland in the early 1940s. Uh, I'm either going to love this game or it's going to demoralize me so thoroughly that I I may not even be on next week's episode. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, so I still have to finish Hades. Um, I got up to the Minotaur boss. It's um, it's a really good one. I, I like to 
put like a TV show on and play Hades in the background. But uh, I'm going to make a bigger effort to try and play more Hyrule Warriors. Uh, I just did not end up playing it last week because of Mario and Hades. And all of the news about um, Age of Calamity has just got me excited for some Muso again. Uh, I've been wanting to play Hades, but there's that uh, other game that came out recently, West of Dead, which seems right up my alley. So I don't know whether I like I downloaded that on Game Pass. I don't know whether to just to, to try that or jump on the Hades bandwagon while everyone's playing it. Hades, Hades. There aren't any cowboys in it though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't lie to you. <laughs> no, thank you. We, no, we appreciate truth and honesty on this show. There's no cowboys in ancient <laughs> Greece. I'm sorry. Uh, so for me, I'm gonna. Hopefully, be done with uh, Sunshine in the next day or so, and then I'll be playing Mario Galaxy. Uh, and once that's done, I'm going to jump back to Paper Mario because I have wanted to go go back to it. I've just had other stuff on my plate or other stuff that took my attention. Oh yeah, Paper Mario. Yeah, that exists. Q, Q Andrew told me to play Thousand Year Door. Uh, yeah, it's it's not been because I didn't enjoy what I played. It's just been circumstance and other things. I'd rather play at the time so, yeah so that's my plan um yeah so that's it for episode 127 uh thanks for listening if you enjoyed the episode please leave us a review on itunes it really helps us to get noticed you can also listen and subscribe on stitcher spotify and other podcast services Make sure to check out our sister shows. We're part of the Game Podular Network. Uh, there's PlayState, which is a PlayStation show, and Power of X, which is obviously an Xbox show. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Game Podular community. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links for all that are in the show notes. If you want to support the shows, or the network as a whole, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular Patreon. Details for both of these things are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by me, Andy Corrigan, uh, and if you want to follow the three of us on Twitter, you can do so. I'm at Flame Roast Toast, Andrew is at Play Critically, and Tori is at Stew2. That's S-T-W-T-W. S-T-W-T-W.